Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome back to The Promised Land, a show all about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined as ever by Rob Blanchett. Fresh back from a little break, Rob, and you've got COVID. Indeed. So we had a little break, didn't we, for two weeks, and I went away and got COVID and got sick. So yes, I've been in bed for a few days, but for the entertainment of our audience and for everyone who watches us, I've got out of bed today. You know, slap my face, throw some water on my on my head, and try and get ready to do our podcast. So I'm bright and breezy and ready to go. It just means that much to us. You know, we've had a I've been on a, a brief holiday for a couple of weeks. Rob pulled himself out of bed due to his commitment for the Promised Land podcast. Uh, it's going to be a massive show today. We've had that break. Obviously, we will be celebrating five years of Victor Lindelof at Manchester United <laughs> for the duration of the show. Uh, any uh, Rob, let, let's talk honestly. How bad is it at the moment? Five years of Victor Lindelof, five years of average. We'll talk about transfers in a little bit. We'll talk, we, it's going to be a transfer show, don't worry about that. But Victor Lindelof, five years. United have just tweeted about this before we started recording. What, what? It, it's funny, isn't it? There's someone at United headquarters doing those tweets either on their mobile phone or on their computer somewhere going, Let's put out the five years of Victor Lindelof line. Hmm. That's going to make United fans happy, isn't it? Uh, nothing against Victor. He's an all right player. But if you want to struggle for top four every year, pick Victor Lindelof. So that's a problem, isn't it? So uh, maybe over the next year or two, Ten Hag, it feels weird, doesn't it, say that year or two, maybe we can change that culture going ahead. Yes, indeed. Fingers crossed. We'll be talking about transfer targets today. Not really too many different names uh, so far. You know, United get linked with tons and tons of players each summer, hundreds of them. Uh, but it seems to be the same names that are coming up. And since we haven't done a show for a couple of weeks, we'll talk about the latest on the transfer targets that we know that United have had. Darwin Nunes, officially from Benfica's side, is going to Liverpool. They just they're awaiting personal terms and uh, finalisation of that with the club. They should announce his arrival within the next couple of days. We're recording this on Tuesday. So United have missed out on him, but there is interest in Anthony, as we reported on 90min.com several months ago. Uh, and that has seemed to ramp up a little bit since the confirmation of Ten Hag and the confirmation of Nunes going to Liverpool as well. We'll talk about what happens at centre-forward because Cristiano Ronaldo is seemingly the only option at the end of last season for that role. But will we look at... Anthony Martial, Marcus Rashford potentially playing through the middle to 
lighten the load on Ronaldo. We'll talk about uh, central midfield as well. Frankie de Jong is obviously the biggest name linked with United at the moment. Still waiting on Barcelona, still waiting on a fee agreement. That one looks like it might happen, but you know, you never know. That touch wood might get might get that one over the line if even if it does take two more months because <laughs> uh that's what United do. We'll talk about Ruben Neves and we'll also talk about Yves Basuma as well, who seems to be on his way to Tottenham uh, and what that could mean for United's midfield. So let me just get this out of the way as well. Housekeeping, you can subscribe to our show wherever you get your pods on Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. And watch us twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays on YouTube. So head over to the channel, hit the like button, subscribe, join the community, leave a comment. The link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on audio. And follow us on Twitter too, at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise and MU for the show. But Rob, should we start with Darwin Nunes? Because United wanted him. Fair to say they did, right? Uh, but it's been, I'm not sure, I think the fee that Liverpool have put up escapes me, somewhere around 65 million, raising to potentially 100 million euros. We United, what what what's what's caused United here to miss out on Darwin Nunes? Do you think? I think this is a case of must needs. So Liverpool are just about to lose one of their generational players in Mane. So we've known that for several weeks now, going back over time, that Mane kind of had his eyes looking elsewhere and he was going to go, and it's kind of pushed Liverpool into quick action. And they're obviously very aware that they don't want to go to a new season without someone who can play on the left or through the middle. So I I said I put in Twitter the other day, you know, between United and Liverpool, it's not a fair fight. It really isn't at the moment. Liverpool stations above Man United. Manchester United went in early with their bid for Darwin Nunes, made the inquiries. They were looking for the player, the player's representation, said, yes, you'd like to come to England. And that's how this all started. But here we are now. He's definitely going to Liverpool he's a good fit for them in terms of what they're doing. But I think for Man United, they've looked across their options and they feel that there's more value in those positions up front with other players than it is with Darwin Nunes. That package for Darwin Nunes is elite. It's really, really high. It's a lot, isn't it? It's an incredible amount. Excuse me. It's an incredible amount for a player who's had one great season and also two or three major injuries before the age of 22. So uh, I was really high on him. I wanted him at Man United. I thought he was a kind of player who could do well for us in terms of his style. But I also do think that when you're you're counting the pennies and trying to construct a squad, Darwin Nunes might be Liverpool's only kind of big outright buy this year. So I understand why they've, they've thrown everything at him in terms of costs and wages. And as I said, Manchester United, they're looking for a forward. They feel that they know the forward that they want and they're pursuing that and they've allowed Darwin Nunes to kind of go to Liverpool without any competition. Yeah, well, um, we'll talk about that alternative in a little bit, but are you disappointed with uh, Nunes going to Liverpool? I mean, Jurgen Klopp famously several years ago and I I picked up on this as soon as he said it pretty much about, uh, oh, if I ever spent 100 million on a player, 100 million euros on a player, I wouldn't be in a job. I don't want to do it that way, et cetera, et cetera after United signed Paul Pogba, who actually has left the club since we last did our podcast as well. We forgot about that, but that's a couple of weeks old now. Maybe we'll talk about that in a future show. But uh, yeah, are you disappointed that Nunes is going to Liverpool? Do you think he'll do well there? I'm rarely disappointed when United miss out on players because there are so many players out there. So when you're scouting and doing the networking, 
there isn't really just one. I think what happens is, Scott, over time is the accumulation of misses becomes more of a problem. So, again, Mane's an interesting one, isn't it? Because Mane literally had a Man United contract on the table and decided that United were a bit of a joke and that he was going to Liverpool. So you missed out on him, but then you missed out on several other key players. So Darwin Nunes might be part of a bigger gripe in maybe a year's time. So he goes to Liverpool, does really well in the Premier League. And then here on our podcast, we're going, what a miss he was. However, he might go to Liverpool, he might bomb, and we might be saying the opposite and going, isn't it good that Man United missed out on the next Alexis Sanchez? You know, so there are players that you can want and kind of desire, but I don't think that he's the be or end or never did. You know, I, I, I really do rate him. I think he's had a fantastic season. Um, funnily enough, like in terms of his attributes, he, he fits what Liverpool need to do, but he's not the perfect player. You know, he's going to have to develop in the Premier League. It'll be tough for him. And I actually think coming to Man United would have been a tougher gig for him to carry a club like ours, who have been struggling for a long time, to just, you know, have that responsibility at his age. So, no, I wouldn't say I'm I'm dis- disappointed. You know, there is an alternative. I like the alternative more, and we'll talk about him very, very soon. Uh, and I think that Manchester United's targets, in terms of the ones that are valid and the ones that are burning away in the background, they'll all make Manchester United a better squad. Yeah, it would be nice to see if United are on the right end of an expensive transfer failure, (laughs) you know, because obviously (laughs) United have uh, picked Alexis Sanchez off of Man City. They've picked Harry Maguire off of Man City. And we know how those transfers have kind of played out over the last few years. And City have ended up smelling like roses. City confirmed the signing of Erling Haaland yesterday, Uh, you know. Game changer Liverpool with Darwin Nunes in their team. They are really strengthening themselves at the top of the pitch. And United, that gap to United is is extending a little bit more. But yeah, uh, for, for me as well, I think it's a big fee, you know. And I, I'm seeing that there's a lot of uh, fans are always going to melt down. Why haven't we put up the money for this player? Why haven't we, you know, why haven't we matched that bid? Why haven't we bid more and this kind of stuff? But yeah, that's what's been the problem the entire time right yeah well Benfica only wanted something about around originally about 58 million when United were inquiring they were looking at 58 million with like 5 million add-ons mm. and over the time the negotiations that went quite quickly with Liverpool that this whole kind of as you said near 100 million euro package was agreed now United fans will say, well, why are United just not doing that? Well, I think the difference is that United have got a lot of positions to go and buy for this season. So you cannot just blow it all on one player. Um, and, I, and I also do think, I said that Darwin Nunes isn't perfect. So I don't think he comes in and automatically starts every game over Ronaldo. I don't think he's that level. But he's a very good player. And and he'll do well at Liverpool as long as Liverpool themselves do well across the pitch. I think now for them that losing Mane will be followed by losing Salah and they're going to have to find a way to win without the two players that have basically taken them to every title. So that's a mm. big ask for, for Jurgen Klopp. You just said there about the thing he said about 100 million and the, and the prices. Jurgen Klopp loves to talk out the back of his neck. You know, I, I like the guy. I like his coach and I like his kind of demeanour and his personality. But ultimately, he does talk a load of guff. And yeah. Liverpool have gone out it broke world records for goalkeepers centre-backs they've done all sorts over the years they've spent plenty of money which is why they're in the position that they're in yes indeed I do think Nunes will end up being a hit at Liverpool well 
you know, they've had a few misses, haven't they, over the last few years? Nab- I think Naby Keita hasn't really gone to plan. Uh, Rumours that they could sell him at some point. Uh, but generally, Jurgen Klopp does manage to get the most out of the players that he signs. He does. But again, I think when you're looking at grade of players, so like you just said there with, you know, Haaland at, at City, we all know why they've spent that money on Haaland. You know, there's, there's no kind of doubt there. The metrics are there. The player himself, it's 100%, isn't it? This is still a little bit of a gamble from Liverpool. Next year, Liverpool are looking at going forward with Jota, who's a very good player. Luis Diaz, who's done well at the start of there. Darwin Nunes and Salah, but with Salah with one foot out the door. Oh, I think that's hard to manage. That's a tough situation. And Liverpool to be at the very elite level of getting 95 plus points in the season, they might only get 80 odd next year, Scott. That would be a failure. So that opens the door to other teams like our football club. So uh, I think that he'll he'll do well at Liverpool overall. But I do also think the injury issues are real. You know, he's had, I think, three knee injuries over, over time and they were quite serious ones. And in the Premier League, more work, more overload, certainly more than the Portuguese league. Uh, I think it's a wait and see, you know, for that kind of money. I'm not 100% sure that it's value. So what happens now? Uh, no Darwin Nunes at Old Trafford. The interest, though, as I mentioned at the top of the show, in Anthony has been there for a while. It was it, it was there even before Eric Ten Hag was appointed. We reported on it several months ago at Mighty Min as Anthony being one of the potential targets that United would go for. I don't think he's, his position is the primary area that they're looking to strengthen. I think we all know by now that central midfield and Frankie de Jong, his ball-playing abilities, is primary. Uh, but they do need to sign in several positions and... It has come to light over the last few weeks that a forward, a for, let, let me say a forward, not a striker. So the difference with the forward is they can kind of play in a variety of different positions. United have a lot of forwards, Rashford, Martial. Perhaps Sancho doesn't fit into that category. He's more of a winger, but Rashford and Martial don't play on that right-hand side. That's been a problem area for a long time, whereas Anthony does and can fit that role. So, is this a strong alternative? And is is this is Anthony the alternative to Darwin Nunes that they will end up pursuing? Oh, absolutely. You know, when we talked about Darwin Nunes coming to Man United, one of the things we spoke about was that his ability to play in the wider areas and allowing Ronaldo to play through the middle this season. So that was part of it in terms of his transition. But, you know, you just said there about uh, Jadon Sancho. I think Jadon Sancho is a forward. I wouldn't say he's a winger. I think his best position going in, in the future will be kind of operating in the channel or even as a number 10 eventually you know he's got that ability I would like to see him at 10 actually. yeah and and, and, I, and I think that that's the wider thinking at Manchester United as well especially with someone like Ten Hag coming in so Anthony is one of the two priority targets for United as it stands today as we're talking the other one of course is Frankie de Jong uh, United feel confident about both at the moment and that's where their, their focus is I think when you look at Anthony what he can offer to United you're going to have to have a system that allows you to do a bit of counter-pressing, that allows you to keep the ball better, but also, let's be honest, Scott, just be more effective in the final third. May United have not been effective in the final third. So if you manage to get those two players and then you stick a Ronaldo at the top and then a Bruno Fernandes a little bit deeper and say Rashford finds some form on the left and then you've got Sancho who can play left and right, you're going to score goals. So I think this is, again, where United are looking to be versatile in that. I think they were last year as well. You know, they were looking to be versatile. It's just that it all just unraveled massively under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, And 
United kind of hurt themselves and it was self-inflicted, stopped scoring goals and started conceding a lot of goals. I think Ten Hag wants to get in his main pieces first. There isn't going to be this rush to just sign 12 players. There just isn't. United are going to do it player by player. The other player that really interesting, of course, is Ruben Neves. That's been burning away for a bit. And there is a feeling that Wolves are ready to sell. So I think when we look at three players, those three players would definitely upgrade United significantly, even if you don't buy number nine. So on Anthony as well, I mean, we talked about Salah earlier, uh, you know, potentially leaving Liverpool. His contract's got another year left. I know that Liverpool hold a lot of interest in Anthony too. I don't really think they'll end up doing anything this summer unless Salah does go, which looks massively unlikely. But he has a year left on his deal. And if that ends up playing out and United don't pull the trigger on Anthony this year, I think they could end up missing out to Liverpool with him as well. Yeah, there, there is that feeling that obviously he's been a long-term target for Liverpool. Um, and again, that balance on the right-hand side. Then Salah's not going anywhere yet. You know, I don't think we're going to see some miraculous transfer in the next few weeks where he's going to be sold and, and pushed out the door because he wants to run his contract down. But we do know he wants to run his contract down. And we do know that Liverpool are going to have to attend to that at some point. But they've just gone and spent £100 million on a player, Scott, who's going to play through the middle and on the left. So I, I don't think they're going to pay, you know, what the price of around £50 million for Anthony or around that price or compete with United for another player when they're looking at their priority positions as it stands today. So what happens at central striker then, Rob? Let's talk about this in a little bit more depth. Obviously, we mentioned Ronaldo is the static centre forward that he has been. He doesn't really move too much nowadays. But Anthony Martial went out on loan to Sevilla at the back end of last season. And by all accounts, it was awful. <laughs> Didn't go well. Marcus Rashford has barely been getting in the team. But he would like to double down. And it's, it's emerged, obviously, that he would like to stay at United. So... Are they the other two options that United could use with Ronaldo for that centre-forward position? Well, it's needs must again, isn't it? So, yes. So, I think the thing is with Ronaldo is that when you commit to his £25 million wage, A, you're going to have to use him, and B, he's probably going to demand to be first choice. So, I know that Ten Hag's coming in, there'll be this kind of parity for all players to prove themselves, etc., etc. But let's be honest. Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be the starting number nine next year. That's just how it is. So can you find a system around him that helps you operate to be a better football team? Well, I think we can all agree that the answer to that is yes. You know, you can play better football to unlock Cristiano. I think the difference is you talk about the number nine, say between Ralph, uh, you're looking at obviously what Ralph Ranić did or wanted to do. And then you look at how Ten Hag sets up. They are, they are different philosophies. They are. There's similarities, but they're differences. You just saw with Ranić going to Austria, how his team counter-pressed and how amazing they looked. And that's what Man United could have done if they had players that wanted to do it. They didn't. Now I think Ten Hag needs to bring in that energy with other players. And you can wait on the number nine. You know, you don't have to go out and buy a number nine just because everyone's buying number nine suddenly. You know, I think it's... We're working more in a positionless football game now where, where you need players who can do different things, but ultimately score goals. So Ronaldo can score you goals, but if you're playing 4-2-3-1, which is, I think, the formation that Ten Hag will start with at Man United, if you can counter-press in other areas and, and, and do the trap in wider areas, 
then you're away, aren't you? And I think Ronaldo can just kind of hold the line a little bit more. It might not be perfect, Scott, from day one, but you've got to see what you've got. Rashford, I think, will play through the middle. We're not going to talk too much about Mason Greenwood. There is the possibility that something might change in the weeks ahead with him. So we don't really know of him. Like We, we don't know if that's a yes or no from Man United. Everyone's being very quiet about it. But then there is that opportunity that if he came back in, that he could also be a number nine. But also talking talk about Anthony Martial. Um, Ten Hag likes Martial. It's something that we know. And I think that he'd be willing to give him a go again, either on the left or through the middle. So not something United fans want to hear. You know, United fans want a Haaland-level striker. You're not getting him, but you still hopefully will get signings that will make you better. It is worth remembering, mind, that I, I know that Martial's mid-20s now. And last season didn't go to plan at all, but he has done it down the middle before. And I think that a lot of United fans just a couple of years ago would have stood by him as a as the option for nine. He's a Marmite player, isn't he? Just like mm. Paul Pogba. So you know, you know, we can sit here and eulogise about Paul Pogba and what he was good at, but then there'll be another million billion United fans telling you what he's bad at. So I think with with Anthony Martial, you know, not my personal choice to be the number nine. However, he, he did an interview recently uh, where he talked about his injury struggles in the last 12 months. And he's kind of said, you know, he went to Sevilla to play and to get fit and always had one eye on coming back to Manchester United. So I think that's kind of like the Donny van der Beek situation as well. You know, I need to go and play so I can prove myself and then come back. Jesse Lingard's situation as well from last year. Um, so I think that Anthony Martial is not a complete throwaway. You know, I think if he can come into a system that suits him. He's got the technical ability. He really has. Whether he's got the work rate, I think is another question. But again, Ronaldo hasn't got the work rate. We we don't question that, do we? We don't question it because he scores 25 goals with his eyes closed, just what he does. If Martial can score goals again next season, I think Man United fans will fall in love with him very, very quickly, quite fast. We'll see how it goes. I mean... They need to address that area or the, the final third of the pitch. I think yeah. you might see that interest in Anthony ramp up over the next few weeks, I would think. I but think so. The main name that we've had to uh, digest over the last few weeks, and the main position has been central midfield. Uh, Rob, no real change with uh, Man United's pursuit of Frankie de Jong since we last recorded. Although, where are you on this at the moment? Because... It does seem like this is moving in a positive direction in terms of United might end up getting him, whereas maybe before it was more of, does he even want to come to United? Uh, where do you stand on this at the moment? Because obviously Barcelona have financial difficulties. They, ha- they are targeting other players. I think there's a meeting this week about their fi- or some announcement about their finances coming as well. So... What what do you make of United's chances of luring De Jong in as first signing at the moment? Well, not lots have, have changed since we lasted our last podcast, but there has been important parts that have changed. So I'm going to put my journalist neck on the block here. I'm kind of doing it for our YouTube viewers here. You can actually see me put my head on it. I think Frankie De Jong is going to sign for Manchester United. So why do I think that? There's two or three really, really key reasons. Barcelona want to sell him. So Barcelona are in a position where they want to refresh their squad. There are positions that are going for. There's also the Lewandowski question. So that's all kind of floating away in, in the Barcelona-Catalonia ether. And that's that's kind of these questions about why Barcelona are attempting to do this kind of business when they can't do it. 
So what are they moving out to be able to do this stuff? The other side of this is the De Jong side. So De Jong has been, I think, pretty crystal clear for weeks and months that he wants to stay at Barcelona. You know, that that is his dream. He would like to be able to stay there. But Barcelona are making it pretty clear that they have their main interest in their other midfielders who are going to lead this football club. So Frankie de Jong isn't their top priority. He's at their football club. They like him. There's no doubt Xavi would like to keep him, but they don't live in that reality. They just haven't got the money. So something has to give. So the latest really in the last week, and this is kind of in terms of communications and bits that we do know, is that Frankie de Jong will move to Manchester United if a deal is agreed, and he's happy with that. And that's important because, as you just said there, there was always this feeling that he just didn't, he wouldn't entertain United. And, and of course, there was of course, the, the line about, oh, he only wants to move to a Champions League club, et cetera, et cetera. Of course. But we always get that line, don't we? So, like, it's, there's a little bit of that in the Darwin Nunes thing as well. You know, Darwin Nunes, that will come out now, won't it? Oh, I want to stay in a Champions League club. Well, there's no, it's not a fair fight between Liverpool and United when you're looking at those numbers and looking at what you can offer. But I think with Frankie de Jong, the whole thing about rebooting a project with ten with ten Hag at a huge football club, it it's appealing. You know he's probably going to get a pay rise out of what he's got. You know it's not like he's going to move for free. Manchester United will have to put the numbers up to be able to get him to come. As it stands, Manchester United have not agreed anything like a fee for for the player, but they do believe that it's going to come in at well under seventy million. So I think if you can get your primary target at, at that price. Still sounds expensive, but it's not expensive if this is the guy you're going to build your midfield round. So and when for, you a, bought... for a player of like his, no, discard the last couple of years with Barcelona because he's not, it's not gone to plan for him. He's spoken about why that is because he's not played in the same role as he did at Ajax. But when he was at Ajax under Ten Hag, he was one of the hottest properties in world football. Of course, he was, and for and for, and for the right reasons. And I think this is more about long-term philosophy, Scott. So you're not bringing him in to on day one be the perfect football team. It's not what you're doing. But if you're going to play 4-2-3-1, you want to transition to 4-3-3 and you need to do it with one or two quick passes and get out quickly, which is what something some that Man United are awful at, terrible at transitioning with their midfielders. You need to go and buy someone that can do it. So I think this is why in terms of central midfield, United are looking at ball players, all round number eight, players that can do the kind of floating eight role, but can also pick the ball up at six and move it on. And that's why I think that they won't just buy De Jong, but they'll also buy Ruben Neves. Because I think these two players, in terms of profile fit, this is what Manchester United are looking at. There's plenty of other good midfielders out there. And United fans are obsessed with defensive midfielders. And I've been saying for a year, you don't need defensive midfielders to be good. You just need good midfielders who can do it all you know you need you need players who can play and do it deeper and do it in advanced possessions and do it like that Nevers fits that De Jong fits that you don't need a destroyer you know you don't need Calvin Phillips you know you just need players that can play football and I think that's the first prerequisite so those two midfielders obviously with Anthony suddenly you've got three players that are really hot that can do different things and can take Manchester United to a different level so on Ruben Neves, obviously we've spoken about Frankie de Jong there. You think that this is a potential goer? I mean, I would point out that Paul Pogba's going to sign for Juventus by the looks of things. Yeah. Nemanja Matic has arrived in Rome to sign for Jose Mourinho for yeah. the 12th time in his career. 
so they've lost two midfielders. Juan Mata's gone as well. I know he's not the same position. I, I did actually see him play in central midfield under Ralph Ranić once <laughs> last season. I can't remember which game it was, but uh, he looked a little bit off the pace in there. But best wishes to Juan Mata and to all of those players that have left in the last few weeks. Lovely little video from Juan Mata to you know, say he was leaving, that kind of stuff. Ruben Neves, do you think this is uh, this is where United turn their attention next after Dion? It's all going to be about price, Scott, because there was there was chat that Wolves were going to ask for a hundred million at one point. You know, that Wolves no were, Wolves were pushing out. Of course, no way, but 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 it's a kind of Leicester situation with Maguire, isn't it? It's like, well, we will dictate the bidding because we don't want to lose the player. But if, if we do lose the player, we want the money for it. I think the key in this deal here is Wolves' own transfer activity. Is that they're getting hot in midfield now? They've got they've got their targets. They know who they want. And those deals are going to get executed now, we think, in the next two weeks or so. And that will mean that the whole Neverson can then blow up. United can go in, can start the bidding process. Let's be honest, another player on Barcelona's radar, you know, like in terms of a wish list, but Barcelona just simply can't can't do they can't even register business. Frank Kessie. <laughs> well, this is the thing. They've got Kessie, haven't they? So so I think it's like, you know, they're, they're having trouble as well uh, registering Christiansen as well from, from Chelsea. So this is a problem for them. But in terms of United, they know what they're getting with Ruben Neves. And I think it's the, the price is going to be the key point with Ruben Neves. Like, if, if he's priced out of the bracket, then I don't think United will pull the trigger. I think if they're going to buy players, they're going to buy De Jong, they're going to buy Anthony. That's the order of priority. And then Nevers is the next one. Or they might have to go shopping at a different price range, Scott, to be able to get players that they want. So I wouldn't say Ruben Nevers is 100%, but I do actually think that Manchester United have done a lot of due diligence on him in the past. So they have spoken to Wolves in the past about the player. The player is very, very well aware that Manchester United like him and want him. And he's put out feelers in the past as well that he likes Manchester United. So there's a lot of dots there to be drawn together. Um I think for your midfield, that's the perfect combination for me. I, I would like De Jong and Neves because I think it just gives you a technical foundation. And that's what this new manager needs. He needs players who can play ball at the back. And we're not then going, poor McFred, they run around a lot, but they can't pass the ball. And, oh, you've lost Paul Pogba, your only ball player. And, oh, Bruno Fernandes is awful dropping into those deeper areas. This will allow Bruno to go and be Bruno further forward. Bruno might even be your central striker in a 4-3-3, in a false nine. You never know. I think that could happen. Um, and I think that you've got a good base of of creative midfielders who can also do a lot of work. Yeah, it's also worth pointing out as well that as frustrating as it is that United haven't pulled any deals off yet, well, Liverpool, Darwin Nunes has rocked up for a medical uh, in Liverpool Transfer win has been open four days, people. Yes, exactly. exactly. Four it, days. It, I know people think it's been open forever. We're, we're recording this Netherlands play Wales tonight. It's, we're still in the international break, you know, like these players are away on international camp. And if, and if Frankie Dion breaks his leg tonight, you know, this is finished. So like, it's, it's one of those things is that, that, that United will negotiate the deal in the correct time frame. I know that people always feel that other clubs operate quicker than Man United. I do think that without having sympathy for our football club, the hardest thing is, is that when Manchester United are involved in any deal, the value and price goes up quickly. So some clubs will pay it, some won't. But with United, especially with something like De Jong, which I think is a is a deal that you're going to have to put together to tempt Barcelona to sell, even though they're quite keen, 
that's going to take a little while. It will do. And as you said, internationals are happening uh, and no one's really signing for anyone. I think City had done quite a good job yesterday by doing the Haaland thing and announcing it because they're kind of stealing a march. And Liverpool are going to do the same with Darwin Nunes. But those deals have been in burning way now for a little while. It's just a case of getting them over the line. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather know, United got it right, Scott. I'd rather yeah, United so got I. it right. Take their time, get it right, get the right players. No one's at Carrington training at the moment. You've got time. Just get everyone ready for pre-season. So when they're on that tour of Australia, all the way to the other side of the world, they've actually got the players who are ready to perform in the next season. United did announce a new pre-season friendly uh, at Old Trafford yesterday, I think. Yes. Uh, Rio Vallecano, is it? Falcao yes. in tow. And Bebe. Uh, and Bebe. So, the former the, the £7 million pound hero, Bebe, who was going to be the next big thing. God, remember those days. Well, they were better than these ones. Uh, but you Bebe know, and Obertan, wasn't it? That was that yeah. day, I seem to remember. Bebe and Obertan together. And yeah. these were going to be the next, you know, these two wide players. Amazing. Manchester United 4-4-2 traditions. Here we go. They can play for the middle. Modern forwards. Oh, my God. They were bad. <laughs> uh, it's worth pointing out as well. I think R- Wolves are looking at uh, Joao Palinha, who is a Portuguese international. Probably a lot of stuff will rely on them luring him in before Neves leaves. And that's the key. He's that's the key. So Manchester United scouted him over time. And he's going to go for around the 20 million mark, you know, up or down one side or the other. And, of course, Wolves have got all those Portuguese connections. So Manchester United have, have kind of stepped away from him in the hope that that lures the, the opportunity to get Ruben Neves. And I think that's the wider thinking as well, is that that they're looking, Wolves are improving those midfield positions where they've already got good talent and they will be moving on their top players. So I think Ruben Neves will leave. You've also, you know, you look at kind of Wolves' and central positions. They've worked really well in the last season. They're trying to reinforce that now in the next few weeks before they let Nevers leave. So uh, let's talk about a another alternative midfield target that some United fans have wanted to sign for a long time. Uh, yeah. Yves Basuma at Brighton. It has emerged on Tuesday morning that Tottenham have agreed a fee to sign the player. Yeah, uh, this is one player that United fans have wanted for a long time. Has a lot of Premier League experience, like Ruben Neves does. Uh, a, a, I think he has a year left on his contract or something like this, but a decent price at twenty-five million. How would you react to that? Is this one the United should stay away from? Yes, United need to stay away from it. So uh, if you don't really know what's been going on with Basuma in the last 12 months, you only have to Google it and obviously look at the potential criminal case that he's involved in. I think he's a brilliant player. Like I really do, Scott. I think looking at his development over the last 24 months, he was someone who kind of had an eye on like at the beginning of that period and thinking, this could be your long-term Pogba replacement. Someone who's got a bit, a bit more of an engine, technically very good, can score you the odd goal, can do all the defensive work, but it's more box-to-box orientated than, say, Pogba is. But would I stay away from it at the moment? We've just had this period, you know, I mentioned Mason earlier on in the show, and I think that was one of the big components to Manchester United's season collapsing last year, for whatever reasons you want to call it. You know, having a player who's worth £100 million to you just be taken out your team was, was the right decision from Manchester United, but a tough Cool, a tough, a tough sell to be able to keep your squad together and to keep winning. I don't want to go through that again. 
So I think if Spurs are willing to do that, potentially 25 million is a really, really good price. He could be a player that really blows up next year. Like if he does well at Spurs, you know, he's going to be, I think, a 50 to 100 million pound central midfielder. Incredibly talented player. Um, but no, I don't think that he should be on Manchester United's watch list as it stands. What, what do you make of, uh, I know we've spoke about Liverpool a little bit so far in this episode, but Spurs business so far, Fraser Forster, Jed Spence possibly on the way, Ivan Perisic on a free, I think that's a great signing, uh, Ivan Perisic actually, just for, for a Conte team, I'm not sure how you feel about that, but Spurs are moving quickly uh, and seem to be targeting the areas of weakness that we know they have. Obviously they've been linked with Pau Torres as well, they would need a new left centre-back targeted Bastoni, uh, Pau Torres. I think the Bastoni thing isn't happening, but Spurs are looking to solidify that Champions League spot, aren't they? Yeah, does that I make it harder for United next season? In a way it does, but I think Conte's done what Conte does. So he came to the football club to get them top four. He got them top four. He kind of proved he can have success with an imperfect squad. And now he's going to stamp his feet until he gets the players he wants or he's gone. And that's kind of, that's that's the message that's gone to Daniel Levy. And Daniel Levy now needs to either do it or just allow this generational coach to leave his football club after he's done so well. So you just said there, I think, uh, a couple of players. I think Pau Torres is still very much in the mix for them. Pau Torres has a release clause. Um, his preference, I think, is Manchester United, though Manchester United have got other preferences as it stands in other positions. So that's why that slowed down. Um, I think all of those teams in that top four conversations, Scott, are a problem for United. I think Arsenal are, you know, I, I don't look at who they're signing now. I look at what the squad is today. And if you add one or two or three or four, then obviously you can get better and get the chemistry right and win more football matches. Uh, but Spurs, I think it's still there. Like they got top four last year, but there was a big period, wasn't there, where they weren't very good. Like, they really weren't very good. And I do think the Harry Kane question, a bit like the Salah question for Liverpool, is going to start cropping up again. Because will Harry Kane really be there long, long term and be that central piece for you to be able to go and, you know, be a proper top four team and get back in the Champions League? I still think that's a big question out there. You know, I've said it to you before and I'll say it again. Harry Kane to Newcastle might well be a thing one day. So let's just wait and see on that. And that would hurt... Spurs massively, wouldn't it? If they lost a player of Kane's ability, it would be almost impossible to, to replace him in the short term. We'll see how it goes. I mean, at, as it stands, it looked like Spurs, looks like Spurs are buying for Conte and they look to make a fist of it next season. I'm not sure how close they'll get to the top, but uh, it remains to be seen. I think United have their own business to do. And I think, but I, I agree with you, Rob. I think in terms of ball playing midfielders, Frankie De Jong, <laughs> definitely highest priority. Yeah. And then if they could get another one, because we all know the limitations of Scott McTominay. We all know Fred's benefits, but we all know his weaknesses as well. And those two players really who've been starting in the central midfield for a long time for United always have struck you more as rotational players. Yeah, and they also get a lot of the blame for the wider problems at Manchester United, don't they? So, you know, United have a bad game. They get turned over. The ball doesn't kind of pop around. Oh, it's McFred's fault. It's the same thing over and over again, isn't it? But I think with Ten Hag, the the things that he's identified is kind of it is a kind of descending order list. The most the highest priority to him is to have a midfield that supports the attack and unlocks the attack. So that means that you can counter press. It means you've got better ball retention. It means you can score goals. 
His priority is not centre-back overall, but he would like another centre-back and he would like a full-back. But I think he's realistic that he's going to have to concentrate on the midfield first and build this brick by brick. Yes, indeed. Uh, Rob, we'll wrap up soon. Any uh, final thoughts before we do so? It's been a couple of weeks since we last spoke uh, on the podcast, but not much has changed, really. Anything changed for you? No, not really. I, I think that... Again, I'll just say to United fans, I can't say it every year, and I've been proved wrong many times. Patience. You know, the transfer business isn't always done in two or three days. People think that in this FIFA generation, football manager generation, that deals just get done quickly. You know, the Haaland deal at City did not get done in two weeks. People think it did. No, it didn't. It's really been a year in the making. So I'm not saying that Manchester United are going to take that long to do deals, but I think they need to kind of agree the correct prices so they can then go out and continue to buy. It's no good overspending on one, two, three players and then not being able to get player five, six and seven down the line because I think that would be a a problem for United. You're about to lose a lot of players out of the squad. You're going to have to replace them some way or the other, either with youth or maybe with players who are, are less fancied in the transfer market. So there's going to be a whole load of that happening. Like you mentioned earlier on there, Scott, you know, you've lost matter. You've just seen Matic roll up at Roma. You know, you've lost Lingard. You've lost Pogba. It's a lot of wages just in four players. But there's other players who are going to leave in the next few weeks. So there's going to be a lot of turnaround now, I would say, between between today and when preseason starts, which is just four weeks away. Yes, indeed. It's not too far off. Uh, obviously, some players are still on international duty at the moment. Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho, not with England. Uh, so you'd imagine they'll be back pretty soon with the rest of the squad. Uh, we'll talk about potential other departures as they tend to crop up because I do think that there are other players. You think of the likes of Eric Bailly. Uh, you're going to say something? I, I was about to say, we've not even mentioned Antti Langer. So Antti Langer has been all over socials, posing on the work that he's doing. And he's like, I'm ready. Bring it on. And I like that because... We don't see him as a solution, but he certainly can be part of the plan, can't he? You know, a player that can play in those wider roles and through the middle. Is there an opportunity for a Langer to be a number nine next year as a maybe rotational with Ronaldo? I do think that there is a wider thinking with him that that's a position that he can look after. He did it well at, at, at youth level before where he kind of went from wide to inside. Last year we saw him wide because we wanted to see more counter-pressing. It didn't really kind of work. But I do think that he's a really good young player. Yeah, we'll leave it there. We'll talk about Anthony Alanga at some point in the next few weeks, as well as potential departures. Obviously, we'll be back later this week to talk about any potential movement in incomings. Uh, Hopefully, after the international break finishes, I believe that's tonight, we might see some movement around somebody like Frankie De Jong over the next few days, but we will wait and see. Uh, a reminder, you can subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. And twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, you can head over to our YouTube channel to watch us too. So hit the like button over there, subscribe, join the community, leave a five-star review on your audio platform if you would want, leave a comment, a nice one, not a bad one. Uh, and you know, get in touch with us as well on social media. I mean, uh, at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore P, and at Promise and MU for the show. Uh, we'll be back on Friday, I believe, this week, and we're going to do Tuesdays and Fridays moving forward throughout the summer, as well as United. I don't want to say drag their heels in. <laughs> it, it feels like they're dragging their heels, doesn't it, Rob? 
but you know, as we've kind of alluded to, four days. It's been open four days. It's been open for four days. Exactly. Uh, so thank you, Rob, uh, for another edition of the show. It's been a decent break. I hope you feel better soon following your bout of COVID. I think you got you. through this episode really well today, actually, apart from like one or two coughs. During- lots of caffeine, lots of paracetamol and lots of false promises to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Rob. Uh, thank you for listening as well. We'll catch you on Friday later this week. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.